Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So today we want to talk about um, privacy, and specifically, there's a whole host of changes to that relate to how privacy is being managed in iOS 14 um, that seem like they're worth sort of unpacking and discussing, because some of them are just Apple has added a variety of kind of like indicators and additional things that are providing information to the users um, about how their how apps are are actually working. Um, there's some things that are a bit more um, sort of metadata related in terms of the some new information we're going to have to start providing in App Store Connect to cut to sort of add to our store listing talking about privacy. Um, and then there were also three sort of programmatic changes to privacy and really as they relate to location, uh, photos, and tracking. But I think to start off with, I think it's just interesting to talk through how Apple has added a sort of a new recording inter- indicator. So this is for both the microphone and video cameras. Uh, whenever they are a- inactive, whenever they are active now, there's a little um, sort of orange, either a microphone or a dot um, in the top corner of the phone. Um, this sort of indicates that uh, either of those is, are active. And similarly, there's also now a paste indicator that any time an app, app uh, reads from the pasteboard, it gets shown um, to the user. And I think both of these are good, just straightforward wins. Um, I think it's because they are eliminating a situation where what you never want is like whenever every time you see one of these indicators it should never be a surprise ideally that like if you see the recording indicator because you're recording something it's not a problem the user wouldn't be confused or sort of anything unexpected but if they're seeing it at a time when they weren't expecting it that's problematic and i think that's a good kind of indicator for these things where otherwise they're transparent to the user um, and even though microphone and camera are sort of guarded behind other privacy controls in the app or in the app store, like that you could be, have them active um, at any point. It's, it's not like Apple necessarily is always saying like if you have, you know, when, once you've asked for the microphone recording, you could use it whenever you want without any indication. And so this also kind of mirrors the experience we have on the Mac where like, you know, when the FaceTime camera is active, there's the little green light that comes on. And I think this, it's just a good general win um, that I think makes a lot of sense for Apple to have added to the, the OS. Yeah, I mean, people have all sorts of different um, thresholds for like, what they consider over the line with privacy and tracking stuff. But one thing that almost everybody can can tend to agree on is it's better to know than to not know when you are be- when something about you is being recorded or tracked or something. And oftentimes what makes something cross a line for people is when they are surprised to learn, oh, ew, you were recording that or you were capturing this about me. And Apple walks a fine line here because they have to. Because Apple, as the platform owner, can't actually be like super aggressive about blocking a lot of things because a lot of major companies and major businesses that are built on their platform and that their platform needs because otherwise people wouldn't want to buy an iphone if it didn't run all these popular apps a lot of those things apple can't just like outright ban so instead apple gives control to the user in a lot of these cases so certain types of creepiness are banned outright like the the most egregious things or the or the most kind of like hard to detect underlying sinister things but a lot of stuff that can be used in a creepy way but also has legitimate uses, things like location information, um, you know, the pasteboard tracking you were mentioning. Apple walks a line there where they say, okay, we're going to just either 
ask the user first before you are allowed on a technical level access to this information and or we are going to you know let you use it maybe without approval but we're going to display something to the user that says this is being used right now so that that's you know just like the um, the clipboard api now in a way like apple is allowed to you know hand responsibility off to the customers so that they don't have to be the super aggressive bad guy with some of this stuff um, and and I and I like that they're doing this because really, if you look around the industry, no one else seems to care nearly as much as Apple about this kind of stuff. Like, if Apple didn't care so much about protecting people's privacy on their platform, which happens to be very popular, I think this just it would we would just be in a much worse like crazy dystopian future. I mean, we are in some ways, but at least not this way. <laughs> at least this way. Things are not as bad as, as they could be because Apple cares so much. And, and I really appreciate that. And I think, too, it, what I love is that they're also holding themselves to the same standards. Like, I love, like, it's, it's sometimes a little funny, but, like, when you activate Siri in iOS 14, you see the little microphone indicator pop up. Um, and even kind of interestingly is you, I've seen it pop up a few times when I, I imagine Siri thought it might have heard its its trigger phrase, but it wasn't sure. But, like, there goes the little microphone indicator. And it just, it's, they're all, you know, they're holding themselves to the same level of accountability as, as they are to all of us. And I think it has been, it's, you know, clearly um, these indicators have been useful because they've sort of shown two different categories of things. Like there've been a few apps who have been found to have been accessing things at times when perhaps it was a bit unexpected and they've been sort of shown out as a result. Um, and that could, you know, you could, could be intentional or it could have been just, you know, sort of accidental or poor coding or things that, you know, they just like, it's one of those things where if there's no consequence, to something it's you know simpler as a developer just it's like if you ever expect and to take anything from the pasteboard maybe you just on launch you just always check and see if there's whatever that data that you know that data that you might sometimes ex- expect is and it's just like it's lazy but it's sometimes the case yeah exactly. there's been a couple of those and these indicators help cut the uh, cut down on that because now there's a consequence and a cost so from an engineering perspective you have to be careful and thoughtful uh, anytime you access these protected resources um, additionally, there's also uh, sort of related to this. It's interesting. They're taking the Safari kind of privacy report and including that on, on iOS as well. And so this is just a, a way for, um, you know, when you're browsing around in Safari, you can now also see like what is what tracking or cross-site cookies and things like that that an application a website is using um, are available sort of are being active. And I think this is just a very interesting tool in the same way of just it's not limiting anything. These aren't isn't Apple coming in and saying you can't do this necessarily, though they do a whole bunch of that with their sort of anti-tracking technology. But moreover, they're just making you aware. And that I think that awareness and on websites is just as useful um, as it is inside of applications. Oh totally. I mean websites have been historically the worst offenders because even though they didn't have a lot of access to the hardware resources on your on your devices they still ransacked your privacy with whatever they could get their hands on whatever information was available to websites they would exploit and and be disgusting apps have the potential to be even scarier because they do have more resources for things or more access to even more sensitive resources things like your location if they if they've if they've gotten permission to do that um things like you know camera microphone access that's why apple fights so hard for this stuff because we saw what the tracking industry did with the limited resources they had at their disposal on the web now that they have apps they will do anything they possibly can and that's where i think a lot of apple's push for this stuff comes from 
And I think what's interesting is that, like the next kind of thing that they're doing is also just trying to make this part of the conversation. And I think it's like the next thing I want to talk about is their privacy report that they're now having. Uh, it's slightly unclear as to exactly how we're going to be providing this as app developers. But like as app developers, we're going to have to sort of self-report all the various attributes of privacy that um, – this is sort of we might be collecting what data is available, what data is collected by us, what data is collected and shared with other with third parties. Um, they've been it's a little bit vague exactly how this is going to be, but as far as I can tell, what Apple is going to do is they're going to there's going to be some section. Probably it remain, reminds me of the same way that the app rating system sort of works in um, App Store Connect, where there's a whole series of questions that you have to kind of like check. You know, it's like, do you use this kind of data? Do you use this kind of data? And it goes through this whole list, and it's going to be available in our App Store entry now. And obviously, this is like self-reported, so it's going to be a little bit interesting to see how they handle that in terms of the accuracy of that report. Um, like, are they going to be doing the kind of validations you could imagine where they scan your binary and they see you're linking to this analytics framework, but you're not reporting it in your, you know, in your thing? Or is it entirely the honor system? But I think it's interesting that they're going down this road of just trying to make this a constant part of the conversation around applications um, that like on your phone, anything that's collecting anything about you is very upfront has to be very clear. And I think, honestly, I'm kind of glad this is in here now because they've had a requirement for a long time uh, around having to have a privacy policy. That's like something that they've said, you know, for a long time, I can remember I mean, at least two years ago, I think it was you, every app has to have a privacy policy, but what it is and what it says is kind of arbitrary and, you know, up to the individual developer. You just have to have something. Um, whereas I feel like this is a nice standardization of that. And it's in many ways, it's like a a easy, consistent, that it sort of view of a privacy policy that it's not the same as a privacy policy because there's things in a, in the policy side where it's like, what do you do with, you know, business transfers or like there's other like more legalistic stuff, but from a, the high level of attributes of what I think most people care about in a privacy policy is just knowing what data of mine are you collecting and are you sharing it with anyone else? And it seems like we're going to have to start reporting that. Um, and then it'll just be shown as, you know, an entry in the app store. So I don't know how much people will actually get, you know, sort of scroll down to wherever this might be, but based on the screenshots that Apple has provided for this, um, it seems like it's going to be relatively prominent, um, in our app store entries. So it's again, sort of this extra incentive for developers to be thoughtful and not just throw in an analytics package just because, um, because if they do that, they may have to start checking a whole lot of additional checkboxes. Yeah. And this is, this is, I think it comes down entirely to consistency of enforcement, which unfortunately the App Store has not been very good at, especially things like this that are kind of hard to enforce consistently because it's kind of hard to be able to know whether a developer is being truthful about it, about some of these things. I do think it will be significant for, for all of us out there to finally kind of like make us check to see what all these SDKs are that we're including in our apps. It's going to force us to actually make decisions and be like, okay, well, if I add this analytics SDK that makes my life easier in this one way, then my app store cert- my app store page for my app is going to get less appealing to people in this other way. And so this thing that is free to me, and it seems, I mean, we have such a problem in this business with so many developers adding a bunch of SDKs because they're free, and they provide some useful function to us, but then the result is our app is sharing all this data with with you know possibly creepy ways that these developers didn't even necessarily think about or know about when they added the SDK. 
assuming this will be, you know, assuming they can at least automate the detection of popular SDKs, like you said, you know, popular ad and tracking stuff, like I'm sure Apple will find ways to do that, then that, that'll that be great in the sense that it will make developers face these questions and it'll cause a lot of developers to decide not to, you know, leak this data to somebody else because maybe the SDK doesn't provide enough value to make that worth it. Ultimately, this will come down significantly to enforcement because what I like about this is that I think I'm doing things the right way. I don't include any third-party SDKs in my app. I don't share data with anybody else. I care a lot about privacy. But for the most part, that's been kind of like a, a virtue that only you got to enjoy, you know, because as a developer, your users couldn't really tell, you know, unless they did a lot of research, they couldn't really tell when they were looking at, you know, whatever category your app is in, like, oh, I can get this pedometer app that is very respectful of my, of my privacy. You know, now you can tell, like, oh, this other pedometer app is full of tracking and creepy stuff, and and yeah. this this you know this wonderful one here is not, and so it can be an advantage to us that like if you're doing things, you know, the the minimal tracking way or the, the minimal creepiness way, the most private way possible. Now you have a slight advantage in the app store as opposed to there being no difference at all visible to customers and therefore it being a lot harder to make the right decision for a lot of people. Yeah. And I like too that it's, I think there are certain, it, it creates a, a, a burden on the, the vendors of third party libraries and SDKs to presumably have to publish in some form for their sort of their users what uh what they're actually collecting and doing so that developers have the ability to accurately fill in this report um and i think that is a just a useful exercise that kind of forces the vendors to be thoughtful about what they're doing and then that trickles down to developers being thoughtful about what they're you know what they're doing um and I think that like that knock-on effect, I think is just a useful thing. That it's it's not always clear when you're including an analytics package what it what data is being collected. That you might be um, like, and I think Apple is clear in some of their documentation about this. Even that like even if you are you include an analytics package for and you are using it for a particular use, but it also collects additional data even if you are not using that data but uh, that you know a lot of i think with many of these platforms they're collecting data in aggregate for additional purposes um and you, you may not be aware of that as a developer and so i think them have those vendors having to be upfront about that potentially and in theory and obviously yes it's a massive enforcement question exactly how that works and i expect this is one of those things that will go you know have a have have a bumpy start and then hopefully settle down over time um but like i like that it will also i mean that the vendors like you kind of imagine that in the you know it's like they say you know how to install this into our you know into your app and it's like here's the swift package that you need to include here's the couple of lines of code to you know enable the uh, package here's how you use it the way that you whatever metric you're collecting or whatever it is and then at the you know, the last step is like you need to add these three checkboxes to your privacy report um because this is you know the data that we're collecting like maybe that's naive to think that's the way this is going to go but like ultimately like now that's a question that i have in the back of my mind if i was ever to think of using a third-party pl- platform is it's like what checkboxes am i going to have to check on the report and you know can i believe and re- re- sort of rely on this vendor, if that data is being collected, that is being collected and being used in a reasonable way. You know, before there was no downside to you to including pretty much anything. Whereas, you know, imagine if, well, you can add the, you know, 
Google ad analytics thing or whatever, but then you'll have to make your app rated 17 plus. You can imagine a lot of people would choose differently then. They'd be like, well, that will cost me some sales. Maybe it's not worth it. And so now to have that kind of disclosure on the page, again, this is all assuming enforcement, which I think is a huge question mark. Uh, But if it is reasonably consistently enforced and if egregiously bad behavior is actually found and punished as opposed to just like you know the all the unethical companies not disclosing what they're doing and it looks like you're the same even though you're not that could be a a pretty bad failure mode but if this is actually enforced consistently and if apple is able to detect when people are lying about what they are including or not including at all reasonably then this can be great And, and it can really be a boon to those of us who who try to do things in, in a more privacy respectful way and it gives a direct incentive for more apps to do that and, and that that i think is is wonderful and i really really hope that this does get effectively enforced for that reason this episode of under the radar is brought to you by revenue cat so if you get to a point in developing your application where you want to add an in-app subscription, you are immediately opening a giant box of complexity and, in many ways, pain. Um, dealing with receipt validation, user management, all the back-end services and sort of reconciliation that you have to do is just challenging. And that's what RevenueCat handles for you as a developer. They let you instead focus on building features that matter to your customers rather than just worrying about accounting. Um, they support iOS, macOS, Android, and Stripe, and they just make it easy to verify subscription status across platforms and deal with subscriptions in just a sane, rational way. Uh, they have SDKs for iOS, iPadOS, watchOS, Android, React Native, Flutter, Cordova, Unity, even macOS and Catalyst, and they just make it straightforward to add subscriptions to your application. I use them in uh, WatchSmith, and I used them before if they were a, subs- a sponsor of the show. And it really is as straightforward as you would imagine to just add subscriptions to your application. It took me a couple of hours to get up and go running, and it's been working great for me ever since. Um, They even have automation and webhooks and things that you can add uh, on the back end to have even more intelligence and interactivity with if you have existing uh, infrastructure or things that your revenue system needs to connect to. And the great thing too is RevenueCat is free um, to start. It's it's free until you ship, and then even beyond that, their pricing is very reasonable, and it kind of grows and scales with the success of your project, which I think seems really fair and uh, lovely. Um, so you can relieve any of your subscription worries if you want to get started by going to RevenueCat.com. You can start for free there. That's RevenueCat.com, and getting started is free. Thank you for Re- RevenueCat for sponsoring Under the Radar and Relay FM. So related also to the uh, the sort of the privacy report we were just talking about. I think the most sort of direct and significant programmatic change that we are going to have to um, deal with and adapt is the new sort of app tracking or ad like the, the, the new tracking prompt that is um, is was it app tracking transparency framework is I think what at, at, at a technical level. But essentially, there is this new prompt where, from a policy perspective, Apple has said any time that you are doing any kind of sort of third party tracking of your users uh, or collecting data about that for the sort of the classic example for this is something like targeted advertisements, um, though this could also be potentially uh, used in situations where like data is being sent to a data broker. So you think of all the weather apps that um, send your location data to kind of like third parties and they were, you know, sort of going off and being used for location tracking, like any of those circumstances, um, there now is a, like a privacy prompt and it is like the most scary, like who would ever like 
hit yes to this prompt I think I've ever seen in iOS, the history of iOS privacy. Um, and, you know, it's just very kind of like this app would like to, would like your permission to track you across apps and websites owned by other countries, uh, owned by other companies. Um, it's like, would you allow, <laughs> to, like to allow this tracking or would you like to a- ask the app not to track you? Um, and if you do, and I think most significantly is like if you, um, you won't have access to the advertising identifier frame framework if you don't prompt prompt this and the user doesn't say they allow you to track. Um, so I think almost all advertising frameworks currently use the advertising tracking sort of identifier, which is a way that um, you can sort of have this durable identifier across devices so that they, you know, this is, this is the, how, um, if you ever if you ever had the situation where like you go to Safari or you go to you're in one app and you search for something and then you see a search like an advertisement for that same product um, in another application and it's like how do the two apps even know that I'm the same person? It's like it's because of this identifier that uh, it allows advertising frameworks to sort of link the same user together, which allows for targeted advertising, which tends to increase advertising rates. Um, but now if we want to include that or if we want to do any kind of um, sort of external tracking of the user, we have to do this prompt. And I think this is going to have huge ramifications for advertising um, on, on apps. And then, you know, certainly as someone who uses, I, right now I use Google's um, ads, you know, sort of ad mob advertising in, you know, anytime I use advertising, that's what I use. And I think I generally, I use it because I, you know, we've had episodes about this before, but I think even like just at a high level that I think Google has the, they have the most to, uh, like they have, they have such a large and high profile situation, like position in the market that if they're doing things that are illegal or problematic, they're going to be found out and they're going to be held accountable to them in a way that if I was using kind of like a smaller, uh, like more startupy kind of advertising system, then I have less confidence about that. But with Google, at least I expect that they're being held to a higher standard. And so that works out, but as far as I know, they haven't even announced yet what they're going to be doing. So like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing this fall with my advertising because I definitely am never going to show this prompt. Um, and so it may just mean that my apps show non-targeted advertising, which is fine for me. I like, if that affects my rates, that affects my rates. But um, I think generally it's going to be very interesting to see what this effect has um, on all kinds of applications that rely on advertising. Because even if just across the board, it was, you know, reduces the effectiveness of advertising and in in turn then reduces the advertising rates that's going to be a felt impact um, on a lot of developers myself included yeah i i have a less optimistic take on on this particular part of the of the privacy enhancements i think it's very unlikely that this is going to work the way people want it to the way that we want this to work and i think and the way apple has hoped or, or promised it should work is you get control over whether your whether your data is used in creepy ways, and the app has to ask you. And then if you say no, the app has to then not be creepy. And I think that's very optimistic. I, I think a much more likely set of outcomes here is apps maybe retaliate if you say no, and maybe they say, "Well, then you can't use this new feature, or you don't get the pack of gems, or the app can't function without tracking for you know BS reason X Y Z. It all comes down to really they'll make less money, as as you said. I mean, I I think the the rates between tracking and not tracking, if it was actually done the way Apple wants it to be done, apps would make significantly less money. Probably, you know, a lot of them can't do that or won't do that. So I think there's two failure modes here. Failure mode number one 
well, I guess there's three. Failure mode number one is they don't even consider what they're doing to be, quote, tracking, and so they never even ask. Failure mode number two is they retaliate if you say no in some way. They penalize the user in some way for saying no so that you change your mind and go say yes. That would be the thing like, you know, withholding gems in a game or withholding features if you say no. And then failure mode number three is they seem to obey your preference and then they track you anyway. They like, cause they, they do something with the data that they, again, that they don't think they're tracking. We're just merely viewing you across multiple sites where we are associating your purchase activity between sure. like, you know, they'll, they'll oh, have, we're anonymizing, right? This is the, I think the, the classic thing people say where it's like, Oh, we're not, it's like we, we, it's fully anonymized location data. But the fact that it's like, it, it seems like this one person is spending a lot of time at this address. I wonder who that could be. Um, like just because you anonymize data doesn't mean that you can't be tracked or be followed in that way. Right. So like failure number three is like, they seem to be obeying you, but then what they're really doing is a thinly veiled excuse covered or euphemism covered version of tracking where to any reasonable person, the results of it, you would consider tracking, but they have found some way to convince themselves that it's not tracking. So those are three really big failure modes that I think I think all three will happen. <laughs> and so sure. I, I don't think this particular feature is going to work out the way anybody expects. And that's a shame. I hope it I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm totally wrong. And that when Instagram puts up the thing saying, Hey, can we track the crap out of you? And I say no, I hope then I don't see the creepy targeted ads. But I just think that's incredibly unlikely in practice. And I think the much more likely scenario is this is going to be largely ignored the same way the do not track header on the web was ignored. Yeah, maybe. And it, I think it, it is very interesting to see. And this feels like something that is happening. It's like these big, you know, I think it's the biggest things, the biggest implications of this are going to have to be worked out between these huge companies, which is kind of weird as like, you know, just like a, a small indie developer to think that it's like, this is like Apple is essentially fighting Google and Facebook and Amazon. Like, these are the kinds of companies who are now like in that in this fight. And it's going to be very interested to see how that all ends up shaking out as a result. Because to your point, yeah, it's like how it's like it, it it's the, 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 the main sort of like enforcement mechanism that Apple has is that they can sort of restrict the identifier unless someone has said yes, um, which is useful. But I mean, the reality is I'm sure there are plenty of fingerprinting techniques that um, applications can do that make it so that they can generally uh, know who you are, even if they don't have the identifier. The identifier just made that so much easier. Um, so it's like they're certainly able to continue doing this in the background or do this in ways that are it's like it's like in uh, are not within the spirit of the rule, but within the like the letter of the law. Maybe like it's possible, but I mean, I've got to say though, at the end of all this, it makes me th- wish that Apple still had iAd. Um, like I really appreciated back in the day being able to just have advertising in my applications that paid reasonably and wasn't creepy. Like that was something that I really kind of long for that they would bring that back now. And even if it was like they have this whole search ads business and even if 
all I add was, was search ads, essentially like, you know, recommendations for other applications rather than them going down the road of trying to be this massive, like they want Coca-Cola and they want Nike and they want all these big brands and this whole kind of thing that they ended up trying to do. It's like, I would be happy with it just to be sort of smaller and simpler and to not have these things hanging over my applications and have feel like I'm caught in between a caught, caught between, you know, Google and Apple as they kind of fight out this privacy, privacy war. Like that doesn't feel great to me. And I do kind of wish I had an alternative, but it's like, as far as I know, any kind of non like native advertising, like the advertising you do in overcast where it's purely on you, like it's, it, you're not reliant on anyone else, like any framework or any applicate, any advertising network that you make yourself part of. I'm not aware of any that are super privacy focused and, you know, would, you would, you would be able to add to your application without any kind of concerns about this kind of tracking stuff. So that's a little depressing um, to me as someone who, that is how I make money in some of my apps. And so it's, it's a reality that isn't going away, you know, going away anytime soon. Well, I think the, the silver lining here is that either these, these protections won't work and therefore everything can keep going the way it's been going, or they will work and it will create a void in the market that maybe a more privacy respectful ad network can fill or maybe the big ones like Google will start adding more privacy options and start selling more privacy inventory um, you know if the if the demand is there so we'll see what happens and maybe that's a pipe dream but you know I'm always an optimist in general <laughs> the specifics I'm a little pessimistic on sometimes sure. but in general I'm an optimist that I, I think things are going in a very good direction here yeah and I think maybe like in the, sort of the general thing is just that they're heading in a good direction and all of these things aren't necessarily like no, no one of these things we've talked about today are going to like solve privacy for on iOS. But I think each one of them is a step in the direction of better privacy. And that's all like Apple is just continuing to apply pressure in this area. It's like they're pushing against the wave of creepiness and, you know, abuse of privacy. And as long as they keep pushing against it, then like I feel good as this as a you know a developer on their platform i feel i like that they continue to apply this pressure and exactly where that pressure manifests itself in the future is hard to know but i think it's definitely encouraging and you know i expect we'll have another round of this in ios 15 thanks for listening everybody and we'll talk to you in two weeks bye